Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Samurai Brothers. Uh, Things got a little busy uh, for me, so I had to ask Matthew to kind of had to take a break because of all of my coaching and stuff and, and sumo stuff going on. But uh, we're back, Matthew, and I checked our upload history. We're on episode 27, it looks like. Yep, episode 27. Episode 27. So, Matthew, um, we kind of had to really do some brainstorming about what we were going to discuss before our our episode today and we got a quite a jam-packed uh, episode to do so we're going to get into quite a few things regarding that um, uh, obviously the first thing we want to do that we kind of had to put off for a while was the world championships finally happen for um, United World Wrestling so we'll see how the American team did and also we'll look at how the Japanese team did uh, as well since we you know are connected to both countries, right, Matthew? Yep. And uh, so we'll also kind of preview the upcoming UFC pay-per-view. And uh, also we'll get into, uh, there's two chapters of One Piece that came out while we were on break. So chapters 1062 and 1063. And Matthew, I saw some very interesting information reveals on quite a few things. So, um, you know... Kind of some weird stuff, honestly, but... We'll some weird stuff, we... but def- also some revealing stuff. Right. That, um, a, uh, there's a legend in the world of uh, pro wrestling and MMA that has left us, so we'll discuss his legacy. And then, uh, and then uh, Matthew, um, I saw the trailer, I don't know if you've seen it yet, for a certain movie that's going to be coming out and um i'll be wanting to kind of leave uh the episode on that note uh so i think it'll be interesting to see the the build-up for this movie that'll be coming out you have me wondering which one because there's so many coming out well, i imagine you probably well, I, I i imagine you've probably been watching a lot of trailers right yeah i've been watching a lot of trailers all right well matthew let's get into this The United World Wrestling uh, Tournament, the championships, took place on September 10th to September 18th. Obviously, uh, the U.S. had a full team going uh, to that, and a lot of people uh, were returning, uh, and then a lot of new people in the game, too, on this team. Obviously, for us. We still didn't figure out how exactly... um teams are able to uh qualify their members right because you know you you if you take a full team that's 30 people you know and just just look yeah and just looking at it turkey ukraine u.s india Uh uh-huh all took full teams. China almost took a full team. They took 29. So mm. there's got to be some kind of criteria that we still... Well, either criteria... Oh, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan as well. Right. That took full 20. 
Um, and I know that Mongolia took a like. Didn't they take freestyle teams? Right. They they take they don't full... specialize in they don't specialize in um what's it called Greco. Uh, Greco for some reason. So I'm I'm wondering if that of, which I'm kind of surprised because the reason why they do so well in sumo is because um of Mongolian sumo. Yeah, um yeah, Mongolian wrestling is so much more similar to um to um to uh sumo which is along the lines of greco so you'd think they would do better but they don't they don't i haven't they didn't take anyone in greco you'd expect that they'd be able to take one person i i do want to point something out they do unlike sumo um, I know that I've actually watched some Mongolian sumo matches, and they do like to put some emphasis on leg grabs. So maybe so it, they. So it is. It is similar to wrestling in a way. It, it. You know what's what's unique about Mongolian sumo is that it, it's kind of a combination of sumo and wrestling in certain ways. Sumo and. More like international wrestling, you mean? Right, freestyle wrestling, where they're they're trying to, to go for leg grabs. Oh, I noticed that this year, a lot more African countries than just the three uh, last year uh, came. Oh, well, that's good. Well, of course, obviously, you know, probably the reason because of that was may have had... Maybe the Olympics? Maybe the Olympics, but... Perhaps the other thing was maybe COVID-related, you know, like travel restrictions, you know, visa um, issues. As I remember how, and and you've seen, I, I know that you've seen this in like UFC where people, you know, they're trying to go to another country to go do a fight and then they have visa issues and then they can't enter the country and then someone else has to step in to fight you know whoever their opponent was well that's why that's why during covid um you had um the uh you had either the fights were taking place in um at the uh the olympic the not the olympic training center the um ufc apex in las vegas or they were taking place in um um uh dubai where they where they developed the um because because uh, the the resort there um wasn't being used anyways and uh, UAE owns a stake in um, UFC so it was in their interest to have it succeed so right. they were that's why they developed the the fight hub there which they eponymously named fight island so it was one of those things where if you couldn't get into the u.s typically you were able to get into the into the uae so anyway um so let's let's get right into this then um because uh looks like the u.s at least from the articles that you and i were reading uh u.s had a pretty good outing with some and uh (coughs) i was also looking at the usa wrestling article and there were some some records set by the 2022 team as well so i'm just kind of kind of you know just for the sake of time i won't read you know who placed what 
Um, but I, I would like to highlight, you know, obviously the U.S. and the Japanese wrestlers for kind of each of the weights. So uh, just to kind of start off, start it off. So Gilman, you know, Gilman was ranked number one, you know, the last time we actually looked at the rankings um, for 57 freestyle. And he ended up taking second. He lost to um, Abakarov from Albania. I think. Yeah, from Albania. Never so, thought Albania would be good at... Uh at wrestling well they're, they're well, probably from Albanian, one of two albanians to go and uh and right. one of them which won the medal right so that's pretty something and then you had hasegawa at 57 kilos it looks like he the points he scored in the bracket got him into eighth place so you know it's kind of like oh, okay um i think though obviously now this is not a qualifying year, so this does nothing for the weight class, but what it does is it gives Gilman uh, points as far as the rankings are concerned. So, you know, that's at least something for him. And then... Well, uh, doesn't, it give, doesn't it give him qualifying for, um, for next year? No, not really. Well, because next year is not... Well, the World Championships? Well, no, what it does is it gives him the, um, it gives him the, uh, what do you call that? The, um, the final X ticket. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he gets, he gets the, he gets that, that, um, that slot to final X in his case. So at 61 kilos, Ray Higuchi was the one who took the world championships. And um, this guy, I think he's, I think he was the one who took the gold medal at 2016, I think. So, uh, silver. Oh, was it silver? Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It was the silver. And then um, Gross took fifth. He did get to the bronze medal match, but he ended up taking fifth. Now, Matthew, I was. You know the the unique thing about do you do you know about Gross's history? Seth was Gross? he the guy that came out of nowhere? He was at one of the Big Ten schools, and then he kind of messed up in life. He got himself arrested, and um, I think it was the Big is he a Big Ten or Big Twelve? Anyway, he got himself kicked off the the team, so he was in one of the big conferences. I and think then, I remember this guy. He was in Iowa, right? Yeah, I think it was Iowa. Yeah, and Iowa has this high standard, so he screwed up and Brand said you're gone. Right. And I think it was South Dakota State that yes. was going to take him. Yes, South Dakota State took and him. And he ended up facing his teammate in the um in the, the NCAA final. finals. Right. And and so he became the first national champion for South Dakota State. <laughs> you know, so that was kind of the yeah. This, that that was the comeback story. So I'm, I'm glad that you and I remember that because we were like, hmm, this guy, like, yeah, he's he seemed to come out of nowhere. But um, so that was something. Well, that was several years ago, as I recall. Right. right. Yeah, it was. So so, and but then it, um, oh so oh that yeah that that so that's how he got his qualification was because he was an automatic and wait a minute that was that that's that. That was several. It was several years ago. 
Yeah, it's it's the qualification has to be that year in order to get into the... right. He was he was already a um, he was he's been like the top athlete in the weight class, but I think in his I don't remember if um, if he, uh, I'd have to go back and look at it, but yeah, he was he's been the top wrestler in in the weight class for uh, a couple of years now, if I recall. So that would be that would be for sixty one free. Oh yeah, the guy that came out of nowhere. We're thinking about he's slightly higher up. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. yeah. He's slightly higher up in rank. We don't so, remember Gilman because of that comeback story, not because of he came out of nowhere. We're we're right. We're, that, or, we're, no, gross. gross. We're thinking about yeah. gross because of the comeback. Story. So, um, so as Jack- I recall, that was like early Brands days where he like won those first few uh, championships and Kale either was still at Iowa State or had just gone to Penn State. Mm-hmm. Either way, he was not in his, his prime coaching yet. Right. So kind of uh, proto Kale, coach Kale. Yeah. yeah. So, so 65 free, um, Yanni uh, took second. I forgot, did we say he has one more year, uh, year of eligibility due to COVID? Yeah, we... No, see, I thought he had two years of eligibility, but you told me that um, I think it was 2021 that um, the Ivy League did not participate. Right. Yeah. So he ended up losing that extra year. So he's still a three time NCAA champion. So he still has one more year to go and he intends on coming back. To try and get that fourth title. Yeah. So what would have happened if is if the Ivy League had participated in 2021, he would have had the chance to be a four-time um, champion. But because the Ivy League did not participate, he unfortunately basically lost that opportunity. He lost that opportunity. To I know I know I was gonna say to tie um what 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 was the six-time guy's name? <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to. <laughs> I, I I realized I realized. Oh wait, no, he won it six times. That's he won it six times, and and um, yeah, Carlton Hasselrig. <laughs> that's such a that's. But, I've always thought that's like a very tough name, Carlton Hasselrig. <laughs> but no, see, but here's the thing: there's been plenty of see. Carlton Hasselrig was a six-time NCAA champion combined. Across. D2 and D1. Right, across D2 and D1. Now, there have been, you know, if, um, shout out to Wrestle Report, um, he keeps track on on, um, this, but there have been four-time NAIA, D3, and D2 champions. So, you know, technically, Hasselrig didn't do that, but, you know, hey, to, to win, but in the case of Hasselrig, he had to go out and win two tournaments, like, a week of, a week or two apart. That's not, you know, a national championship. That's not an easy thing. The fact do. of the matter is he earned those six championships. Right, exactly. You know, you don't... You, I you would can't. hope that all those guys who were, who were, like, embarrassed at being shown up at the D, at, you know, at the D1 level would be gone by now. So it's like, let's, like, let's make it more challenging. 
Yeah, let's 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 bring that back. You know, yeah, let's bring the D two and D three. Yeah, bring the D two and D three champions back in. You know, let 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 Iowa and Penn State really fight tooth and nail then for that. I'd love to see that happen. Yeah, and if and if uh and if uh, another two time same year champion happens, then yeah, so be it. (laughs) Let's make it exciting. So Yanni, Yanni ended up taking second, and then the Japanese wrestler was Kaiki Yamaguchi, and he his his ranking in the bracket got him to tenth place. So it seems like he compared to the rest of the people. So he might have lost a champion, gotten in the Rapage. In fact, because he's got points, yeah, he got into the Rapage. So. That's, you that's know, as, as much as we want just pure double elimination, at least the at least at the United World Championships that they, they at least have a reply. So it's a version of right. double elimination, but it's not pure double elimination. It's like what they do at, at five counties. Because they- five counties, they've got who five counties, they have who knows how many schools there, so they cannot do a pure double elimination championship. So they do a repage to, you know, essentially eliminate some people. That's that's what happened with me my junior year, because I didn't wrestle my senior year because I was injured at the, at the time. But the um, Fred, my my sophomore year, I went in. The guy that I uh, lost to got in the repage, and um, I wrestled the second time, but I didn't make it to the second day. The my junior year. The guy who beat me lost, so I I went one on one in the tournament. I'll have to go back in because um, I remember that I officiate. Of course, you know if you're an official, you're not paying attention to anything about how the 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 tournament's being run. You're just there to officiate. So, well, it's possible that you know back uh, that when. Um, I still don't know why the the Temecula Valley coaches decided to create the rival tournament, but it's possible that when well, that tournament happened, it just five they drew enough people from five counties that um they a repage was pointless, so they now, probably just started doing pure double elimination. This is this is just rumor. My understanding is they had there was like a disagreement or something between the. Temecula coach and the uh, five counties coach, or they just didn't like how it was being run. Something along those lines. That's why they did that. You mean the Fountain Valley coach? Yeah, the Fountain Valley coach. So. Well, we've. We've, um, kind of skirted Orange County coaching politics, but maybe that. Yeah. (laughs) We're not going to go in depth. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to, um, People, that's some, people will hold grudges. <laughs> yeah, was it's it's there's there's no point in in you yeah, know bring, in bringing out the skeletons in the closet. But let's just yeah. let's just we're just gonna say that there's some politics in Orange County high school wrestling, and oh, yeah. maybe that played into it. Yeah, most certainly. <laughs> yeah, that's um, yeah. Well, that's what we'll say, and then we'll we'll right. we'll end it there because we still so, want to maintain good relationships with people. So. Yeah. So um, here's here's where it gets interesting. So um, 70 kilos. So here the you had a, a, a Japan U.S. 
um, face-off in the finals. So Taishi Narikuni, who, you know, I haven't been following much Japanese wrestling lately, so first time I'm hearing about this guy. So he's a little bit on, probably on the younger side, probably call, graduated from college within the last three, four years, I would imagine. He is 24 years old. Okay, yeah, see. So he takes out uh, Rutherford. So that means that at this point, Japan's got two golds, and the U.S. has three silvers in the... Oh, wow, get this. He comes from a line of... Uh, his mother was a four-time medalist in the World Championships, one gold in 90 and 91. What's her And name? he won the Asian Cadet Games in 2014. Wow. What's, what's her name? Akiko... Ijima. Or no, no, I, I, Ijima. That might be Ijima. Yeah, that would, that would, well, yeah, I, I, I don't know for certain, but, okay. Yeah, so he's, he's got a pedigree. Was his dad a wrestler? Uh, it doesn't say, that doesn't mean he wasn't. Yeah, okay. It's just he wasn't, you know, well known. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's interesting. So then if we go to 74, Dake takes the title. So, you know, that's to be expected. So Takatani Daiichi was the um, the wrestler from Japan, and he took 10. So he was in the repage. Now, I remember he's... Takatani, I think, started coming up sometime after I had graduated from Nichi Fuji. So I do, uh, he is a, I know that he was a inner high high school champion. And I think he might have even won the, uh, the inner collegiate title too in Japan. So, and, and he's been to the Olympics once or twice already. So. Uh, definitely so, but Dake is uh, up on the podium again, so uh, he's definitely going to have that that um, slot at the final X, right? We've got a bunch of guys who are just like performing at like peak performance right now, and uh, yeah, I like how I've, I, you know, you you see that, um, you know, whenever I'm watching YouTube videos and. You know, I see a lot of uh, the I, I see the flow wrestling commercial and, you know, they they do the interviews with with Dake and Burroughs and Dake is like, it's really hard for me to to, you know, put on the brakes. You know, he says that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, and speaking of Burroughs, so there he is. First place on the 79 kilo men's. Um, and then Takahashi Yudai from Japan takes seventh. But so this is where it gets significant, Matthew. I think you, you, you and I, you know, we're both sharing this and stuff. And so this is the seventh world title for Burroughs, uh, if you, if you, uh, you know, which includes his gold medal at the Olympics. And that is the record for um, U.S. men's uh, gold. Yeah, as I recall, I think he, I think the guy who held that before him is John Smith. Yeah, which is so he just eclipsed John Smith. Yeah. So that's you know pretty pretty significant. And now 
he's all on there by himself. And um, so I'm hoping, uh, you know, I'm really hoping to get my um, my library, you know, my database started for, um, you know, records and stuff of, of wrestlers. So definitely that's one of the first things I want to, to get on there. So, yeah. And then, uh, so then if we go to 86 kilos, so at 86 kilos, David Taylor. So there's the third third gold medal for the team in freestyle. Uh, so he takes he takes that. Uh, you know, do we see the the Japanese wrestler Shota Shirai? Uh, his points earned in 15th place. So right oh, now he had, to, he had to beat Hassan again. Oh yeah. Man, you talk about the rivalries, man. I mean, it's usually either the U.S. against Iran or against Russia. Russia. Yeah. You know, pretty interesting speaking, how... Speaking, speaking of which, may, maybe now would be the time to mention the fact that, you know, Russia was absent. Mm, yeah. Uh, it was Russia, and was it Bulgaria or... Um... No, oh, no, no, I'm looking at Bulgarian guy. Never mind. It was Russia and... It was Belarus that... Belarus, yeah. 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 In fact, the Bulgarian so wrestler... So tentatively, the world championships are going to be next year. At, in, in Russia. Oh, in Russia? Wow. Tentatively. Not to get political, but... They were supposed to be in see. Russia this year, and... Um, uh, I think they're in Serbia. Yeah, it was Belgrade, Serbia. Yeah. Um. So what happened was it was supposed to be in um, in Serbia um next year, but they um UWW because of the you know ongoing issue switched um the uh probably because they want to see if if this thing will be over by the time of you know, which makes me kind of wonder if it's not over. You know, are they gonna? Are they gonna? You know, have whoever's supposed to host twenty twenty four, just have them, you know, do that. Are they gonna keep? Do uh, do is what is what happened uh, last year a normal thing? Where they'll where they'll have separate world championships from the Olympics? Because I didn't think it was. Yes, they do. They will, yeah, this world championships will be separate from the Olympics. In fact, the world championships are considered qualifiers for the Olympics. If you in the same year? Yes, in the same year. If you if you win the world championships. Yeah, from the previous year. If you win the world championships from for example, the next one, if you win the World Championships in 2023, you're qualified for 2024. Oh, maybe they do the World Championships. I, I, you know what? I think they did the World Championships after the Olympics. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. But that was, but I'm assuming that's because they were postponed. Probably, because I know it got postponed in, because of the whole, you know, well, obviously, you know. Obviously. We know why. We know why. Obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. So let's kind of speed through this a bit. So 92 kilos. 
Um, so Jaden Cox uh, finished second. So that's the fourth silver medal, I think, for the, you know, fourth silver medal, I think. So we're only on eight weight classes, and we have we have three golds and four silvers for the men's U.S. wrestling. <laughs> yeah, only one weight class did not take a medal. And, that was and, and he was in the medal match. So you think about that. Uh, the Japanese wrestler Sosuke Takatani, uh, he took 10th, okay? So now if we go to 97 kilos. So for 97 kilos, Matthew, um, you had Snyder uh, taking the championship. And really, the only reason why, you know, obviously... Um, Abdul-Jiv wasn't there. Um, and I, I it was kind of funny because I saw this. Um, someone had reposted uh, a tweet because Abdul-Jiv um, had tweeted out to Kyle saying he wants a, he wants another match. And, and Kyle was tweeted him back and says, yeah, let's make it happen. Fortunate it couldn't happen here, so Kyle Snyder gets another uh, world championship, obviously. I think Kyle Snyder was very aware of the fact that he was he's basically a pretender to the throne right now. Right now, and yeah. I hate to say that, but it's it's true. The only reason well, why... Because I think the last two or three matches, it's been Abdurajiv who won it, right? Yeah. And then Takashi Ishiguro took 14 for men's wrestling. So, I mean, they've been, they've been, they're, you know, they're getting into the rapage. I think I only saw one Japanese wrestler not get into the, into the rapage. And then um, Zilmer took seventh. So he didn't even make the uh, medal match. And then on the flip side with Taiki Yamamoto. Uh, took 23rd out of 24 competitors for heavyweight. So, um, so what we basically were looking at, men's freestyle, Matthew, we were looking at four, four gold medals and four silver medals for a combined eight. And so let's now look at the team rankings of the freestyle. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, how did the, um, how did the, um, I, I blanked for a little bit. Uh, how did the Japanese and American do in um, uh, in the heavyweight? So um, the heavyweight uh, U.S. wrestler took tenth. Or no, sorry, he took seventh, and then the uh, Japanese wrestler took twenty third. So well, that's another thing I noticed is um, uh, Japan almost took a full team mm-hmm. at twenty nine. So, here's where it got interesting. So, the U, uh, for freestyle team rankings, United States took eight, uh, first. And they pretty much, um, you know, blew that out of the water. Um, I think what was key for them, Matthew, when, I, when I'm looking at the, you know. A the lack of India? <laughs> or, what? No, 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 a lack of Russia? Well, lack of Russia was one thing, but here's where here's how they won because Iran took second in the team rankings. 
and there was one, two, three, four, four times where they had direct face-offs against each other, and they ended up splitting it 2-2. So that was one thing. And then you got Japan that took third, point, third place, and they beat Mongolia by two points. So Japan takes the third place. I don't know if they hand out a trophy or anything like that, but they took third place, which is considerably a pretty good finish for Japan. You know, I'm going to be perfectly honest. If I was a, um, if I was someone who wanted to go out and like try to start some kind of coaching at any type of. Um, in, in like any type of country and try to develop um, freestyle or try to develop wrestling in any type of country, one of two options would be either to go to Mongolia and try to teach Greco mm -hmm. or to go to Jamaica and try, just try to teach wrestling at all. Right. Or maybe even Guam. Because Guam, Guam um, because of their status as a territory, they, they have their own um, athletics. And right. they can participate with that in the um, in the the Oceania um, uh, events, but they don't right. have any kind of wrestling. Right. So, like Guam would make the most sense because I'd just go there and I'd be like, like, hey, I'd go to the Guam IOC and be like, hey, let's start stuff, let's start some uh, some wrestling. Right. Yeah, definitely. Because they have wrestling. They um. They compete in Far East. Oh, really? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Guam competes in the Far East. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guam, yeah. Of course. So they, they have wrestling there. It's just, you know. Right. But, you know, it's just hypotheticals for me. Okay, so now this thing wants to be a bum. It's not. Um... Well, it's pretty simple. I mean, no, no Americans placed in Greco. That's that's bizarre, because we had some medalists from. Right. We had some medalists from last year. Yeah, I mean the you know, um, Yu Shiotani, he got a bronze medal. Oh, but Nori, Nori was in the—he uh, was in the bronze medal match at 55 kilos. So he was close. I'm kind of wondering if he went against Shiotani or if he went against the Uzbeki wrestler. That'd be kind of interesting to to see. Um, and then if we go to—and then again, there was uh, Fumita Kenichiro. I think he took a medal at one of the Olympics, one of the past Olympics. And then Ildar Hafizov took 10, so he it was in... It says he won a gold medal at the, uh, in 2017 in Paris. Okay. Oh, he did win silver at the Olympics. See, um... The 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 um the sixty three kilo Greco uh, was not a very good showing for either either team. Ryuto Ikeda took twentieth and Sam Jones took twenty third. 
So not a not a very good outing. They both lost their their matches. Yeah, Greco does not appear to be a uh, continues to not be a strong point for the U.S. Um, like what and- happened to that? What happened to that? What was it? Two thousand three or two thousand seventeen? That that won the championship. Mm-hmm. What what happened to that team? It's like what 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 happened? It's like what happened? Like did I know that I know that international wrestling got confusing, but it did it really get so bad that we had just so much of a loss of interest in the U.S. That, For Greco? Yeah. Like, we used to be good at it. Yeah. I would say so. Like, we, like our, you know, one of the underdog stories of the Olympics, of Olympic wrestling, was, you know, Rulon Gardner go, mm-hmm. you know, going against, you know. Uh, the, yeah, taking out uh, Corellin. Corellin, and then having a comeback story after he almost died. Yeah. And then had a, and then had a car accident. No, no, motorcycle accident. Motorcycle accident. Yeah, because seven, what weight classes? 67. I mean, Sancho got into the repage. Endo also got into the repage. But, you know, yeah, again. Do we really need to talk about this anymore? It's just, uh, it's just so depressing. <laughs> All right, on to women's. Yeah, women. it's like women's happy stuff. <laughs> at least we stuff. see Americans in Japan. At least we see Americans in in the the medals. Okay, so um, yeah, let's we're, we're starting off with uh, fifty kilos. Yui Sasaki. I mean, she is she is a monster. I mean, this girl is, you know, you just cannot get around her. I mean, I've seen her. She's just slick. She knows her stuff. So you know, I mean. Uh, Sarah Ann Hildebrandt yeah, ran, ran through ran through everyone last year without a single point. Tacked everybody. Yeah, I mean, just again, Sasaki is Sasaki is something else. Hildebrandt did take the bronze medal, so good for her. Um, and then if we're going to, so here we go, math. Make sure you're keeping track of the medal count here. One gold for Japan, one bronze for for. Uh, the U.S., but so here's where it gets interesting. 53 kilos. Dominique Parrish uh, did take the gold medal, and I'm wondering if this is where. See, I think this is where we have our missing uh, our missing party for Japan because there was no Japanese wrestler in this weight class, which is bizarre. Yeah. So my guess is this, this is this is the category where yeah, Japanese this is, women this is where, where Japan excels at. Yeah, this is one of the winningest categories for Japan. My guess is the person who was selected got hurt and they did not have time to re- to name a replacement. I mean that's the only plausible. Do they, do they name alternates in Japan? You'd think so. Yeah, you would think so. I mean they've got alternates, you know, for the U.S. team. Um, you're allowed to take up. You're allowed to take up the two alternate. I've, I've looked at the r- rules. You're allowed to take up the two alternates per weight class. Right. So I don't know what happened. It's just, uh, it's just so bizarre that they didn't take any alternates. So Mukaida, Mukaida Mayu, um, gets. Uh, she got the gold at 55 kilos. Uh, Jakara Winchester 
got into the into the bronze medal match, but she did not win, unfortunately. So interesting. You had a Canadian medal in that uh, though. Carla Gonzalez. She seems familiar. I'm wondering. I would think she's wrestled in the U.S. Well, it's possible. I mean, there's more there's more um, opportunities to wrestle in in college in the U.S. than there are in um, in uh, in um, Canada. Right. I mean, but I mean, the name just sounds so familiar. That's the it's thing. possible that she wrestled in college in the U.S. and then she and then um, she went back to Canada. Okay, so here's here's the big one at 57 kilos. Sakurai Tsugumi uh, beats Helen Marulis. So Marulis back on the podium, but just uh, not able to unseat the Japanese. Well, she so, made it onto the the podium last year. Yes. So that's that's where she's standing on that. And then if we're moving up to 59 kilos, let's see what we got here. So this is an interesting one. Uh, Motoki Sakura took third. And then for our Abigail Netty, and I think she was the one who, um, I think she upset the final X opponent. Because this was her first... Um, this was her first outing as a as a world uh, team uh, member, as far as I uh, you know recall from the final X results. But um, she got into the repas, so you know she took tenth place. So that's that's pretty reasonably good. So if we're moving up to sixty two kilos, what do we got? So Ozaki Nonoka takes the gold, and then uh, Kayla Miracle. Uh, she was the one I think she had struggles and she came back, if I recall. But she took second. So, you know, another good outing, at least for the women. So that's another medal to add to the to the tally. So then if we're getting into 65 kilos, we got another Morikawa Miwa takes gold. She beat Jia Long from China. And then Mallory Velti uh, did get a bronze medal. So, you know, we're, we're keeping pace as far as the medal counts are concerned. So, and then 68 kilos. Our, our dear Tamira Menza stock uh, fends off Ami Ishii to take the gold medal. So that's now her third gold medal, I believe. Right, Matthew? Yep. So good for her in, in keeping pace with that. And then I think, where was it that... Um, yes, the big one right here. Amit Elor takes the gold at 72 kilos. And we're going to have a little bit to discuss about that uh, once we get to the the uh, stats page from uh, the USA Wrestling article. Masako Furuichi takes the bronze medal. And then the last weight class for the women's, which is 76 kilos. And that is going to be... So Yuka Kagami from Japan did take a bronze medal. And our American wrestler was Diamond Guilford, who did not get into the repage. 
And she replaced Adeline Gray, if I remember correctly, who had twins. So, but apparently she's going to try and make her way back into the game. Um, so hopefully... Really? Gray had twins? Yes, she had twins. Oh, boy. Identical or fraternal? Uh, I did not look at it. All I know is that I saw that she had twins, so... Uh, but she, you know, she's out and about. So, so anyway, uh, well, if she if she's going for seventy six, I mean, she can't be like it yeah. can't be that impossible to get to yeah. to at, at minimum make way. It's just a matter of if she can uh, work off the the mat rust. Yes. So um, here's what we have, Matthew. So uh, Japan and the U.S. finished one two for the women's freestyle rankings. And uh, there were three direct face-offs between the two teams with uh, Japan taking two. And uh, and then uh, we got, yeah, we had one uh, Menza stock taking the uh, Seoul medal in the face-off, the gold medal. So that, that concludes that. And so pretty, you know... We had uh, some pretty good, pretty good outings, you know. Uh, what was that? That's one, two, three, four, five, six medals. Three of them gold for the U.S. women's. Uh, the Japanese, I mean, five gold medals. So that's you know, five out of ten. Uh, that's a pretty good number for them. And but then even that, they did have one silver and three bronze. So. Aside from the one-way class where they didn't have anyone, they meddled in all, at least if I'm reading this right, they meddled in all of the weight classes. So you want to talk about a, a superior team, it's the Japanese women. Superior uh, beyond a doubt there. Oh, so, yeah. They've always been consistent in terms of. Um, oh yes, very consistent. Well, and it's like it's like we talk about where um, you know Japan has always always focused on technique. They do do a little bit of strength and conditioning, but they've always focused on technique. With the women, that's your bread and butter, and right. they've always been able to do that. So they've always they've always excelled because again. Um, you know, it's the reality is in women's athletics, it's all it's all about technique. So that's where they focus on. They've always excelled at that. Right. So um, USA Wrestling has a um, they do have an article which talks about um, there were uh, apparently a lot of records that were either set or extended by the by the U.S. World Team. Uh, so let's kind of get these. So. Is, um, it, does that include no medals in, in Greco? Uh, well, yeah. I'm going to bash kinda, that all the time. Uh, that's kind of not in there, but... Okay, so four U.S. men um, took home gold in the freestyle, and that ties the record for most uh, freestyle uh, world championships. Uh, so the last time they did that was in 2017. So then uh, they captured the world team title and first time since 2017 that they did that. Uh, so apparently, I guess this is this extends the record. 
Which well, as I, I recall, as I recall, a bunch of these guys are from that team, right? Yeah. Dave Rose, Taylor, Snyder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then individual most combined world and Olympic gold medals for a U.S. team member, which is all I can see is gold, Jordan Burroughs. Um, he passes John Smith and Adeline Gray uh, on that. So then uh, then you go to the actual world championships. So you take out that Olympic medal. Burroughs actually extends his record, um, you know, with six world championships. And uh, the second place wrestlers are John Smith and Kyle Dake at four. So if Kyle Dake wins another championship next year, then he will be in sole second place um, past John Smith. So we all know the, you know, significance of John Smith and the, the obvious, the obvious accomplishments and contributions he's made to the sport. So then most men's freestyle world finalists. So there were eight that um, eight freestyle wrestlers got into the finals for the men. So which was uh, Dake, Burroughs, uh, Taylor, Snyder, Gilman, Giacomales, Rutherford, and Cox. And so that was a record breaker because you had six in the finals in 1991. So, and at that time they had, they went three and three in the finals. So, uh, most gold medals by a U.S. world team. So this was a record breaker. Um, and that was, so obviously the medals were won by Dake, Burroughs, Taylor, Snyder, Parrish, Stock, and Elor. And before that, it was five gold medals combined. And that was done, uh, previous years were 95, 2019, and 2021. So now, uh, Amit Elor is the youngest U.S. senior world champion. So there is somebody younger than her. And Matthew, I'm willing to bet the farm that it is probably someone from Japan. Uh, so anyway, but Amit oh, Elor. So, oh, so something I was uh, reading up on. Um, mm-hmm. It uh, says that one of one of uh, Elor's uh, res- uh, wrestling partners is a um, certain teammate of mine. Marulis. Yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. So Snyder Snyder won the world title at 19 years old, but now Amit Elor has done it at 18. So let's see here. This yeah, you is see, it's a lot easier. It's like um, what's his name? Um, uh. Henry Cejudo is one of those exceptions in that he just went straight to, um, you right. know, uh, international wrestling as a, um, um, from high school. That doesn't normally happen right. in U.S. men's wrestling. You spend some time wrestling in college. Women, it's a completely different story. You could still do that partially because of the fact that 
as we know, it's still a growing sport. There's just not the um, well the structure to go into women's rest uh, um, into uh, college wrestling and do some time there to develop your skills before you go straight into um, before you go into uh, world uh, wrestling. It's it's, right. it's not there, so it sometimes just makes more sense to go straight in there. Well, and the other thing also is, um, I think, uh, you know, women's college, you know, NCAA's, uh, W, what was it? Um, WCWA. WCWA, they're all doing a freestyle, too. So that's another Which thing. The transition's women, easier. Right, the transition's a lot easier. Um, so here, here's an interesting stat for you, Math. Um, this is the first time that the U.S. has won the overall world championship medal count across all styles. So they had 15. Uh, Japan came next with 12. And then uh, Iran had 10. Well, they they had some obvious help because of, uh, it's like again, I really hate to keep pointing this up, but no right. Russia, right? No Russian. Though I'm still surprised that um, Ukraine was able to field any kind of a team. I know because apparently a full team because they had sent a team to the what is that the World Games, which was in Atlanta. Because there was there was a there was a Ukrainian um, sumo team there. Yeah, but Ukraine. Uh, uh, oh yeah, and that was earlier in the year. Right, that was earlier this year. Like, well, yeah, I was kind of surprised because of the fact that you know, um, you know, there was a time when basically all men were called to the front lines, and that included some MMA fighters. That include the the uh, the Russian the the Ukrainian boxers. Right. Or, or the, the, it, it it included almost everybody. Right. So I don't know if they because they're taking back territory. The fact that you know Russia's not on the doorstep of Kiev anymore. It's like maybe mm. that's the reason why. Possibly. Possibly. So anyway, um, so that's gonna I'm gonna. Go ahead and conclude that, Matthew, because, you know, that was a good, you know, pretty good showing. I mean, what do you think about us going forward? What do you think that is in in, in store for the for the team? I think obviously we're going to see the big names sticking around because um, they want to, you know, a lot of these people are going to be gunning for the Olympics again in Paris, which is in two, you know, and now it's going to, now it's in less than two years now. Well, it's, you know, we, we're clearly doing well. Um, obviously, there'll be more of a challenge, hopefully, next year when, you know, the Russians aren't banned. Yeah. But, um, you know, hopefully things will be resolved by then. But I've seen some projections saying that once winter sets in, there's going to be, it's going to slow down. So... We'll see, but it's yeah, it, it's yeah. We'll just we'll just see how things progress from here. Obviously, um, 
We're doing very well internationally. Uh, the obvious, we need to work on our Greco. Because yeah. no Russians, no, no Russians and no... Um, Mongolians. No, 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 the, 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 was it Bulgaria that was? Oh, Belarus. Uh, Be Belarus. No Belarus, no Russians, and zero medals, that's, that's pathetic. Quite frankly, that's pathetic. We, we, sh we should not be at this level. So, it's like, that's some, we've got two more years. We need to improve. Yep. Definitely. All right. Well, that concludes uh, our uh, review of the U.S. or the U.S. team's performance at the World Championships in Serbia. So, Matthew, let's move on. Uh, we've got a pay-per-view coming up this Saturday. So, um, if you want to run us through, you know, what what are we looking for in terms of matches? Okay. So, UFC 280 Oliveira versus uh, Makachev. Um, taking place, uh, technically, oh, it is taking place October 22nd. Um, taking place October 22nd at the, uh, Etihad Arena in Abu Dhabi, um, which actually was being built during the pandemic. It was just one of those pre-planned things. And, um, so what's gonna happen there is, um... Fighting for the vacant lightweight title, uh, Charles Oliveira, who was the champion, but had, um, it's like, I thought that by moving up to featherweight, he would have gotten his weight issues taken care of, but he was stripped of the title because he missed weight at lightweight. So, um, he's fighting to get his title back about, uh, against up and comer Islam. Makashev, who is a uh, who is a, a teammate of uh, the retired Khabib Nurmagomedov, mm. and we know how hardcore those guys are. Yeah, they're pretty hardcore. Yeah, uh, he has one loss, and it was at a um, it was seven years ago, his second fight in the UFC. So he hasn't lost since. Yeah, and the guy he lost, Drew Adriano Martins, isn't even in the UFC anymore. I mean, that's that's and pretty hasn't fought in over a year. So that's pretty something, though, to go seven years without losing. Well, Khabib went. Khabib went undefeated. Yeah, completely undefeated. So <laughs> let's see. Um. That's that's a record that's never gonna get touched. Yeah, that's that's just yeah twenty. Was it twenty nine and zero? I think it's twenty nine and zero. Okay, so um, then uh, at uh, bantamweight we have Aljamain Sterling just coming off of his uh, title title defense against Peter Yan, which he only got because Peter Yan decided to uh, kick him with both knees on the ground. This is, it's like, this was not, this was nowhere near the borderline where one knee was on the ground. Both knees were on the ground. That is still, the, regardless of what American rule set you're using, that is a grounded opponent. 
And he was winning too. He was cruising in. And then Aljo decides, I'm going to earn this belt. So he completely destroys Peter Yan in the title defense. And to me, he, he actually won the title there. Like, mm-hmm. if, if there was any doubt about whether it, he was the champion, he is now the champion. Mm. And he's going against um, a certain TJ Dillashaw. A certain TJ Dillashaw, yep. That's right. So Dillashaw still around, I see. Yep. Yeah, and he, uh, after his suspension, he, uh, he was able to earn his way back to this. Yep. And then, speaking of Pedrion, he is facing off uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, one of the, um, a product of the, uh, the Dana White Contender Series. So, do you think, do you think they, they put Pedrion on this card on purpose? Possibly. <laughs> given, given what you just explained to me, the history of his, you know, fighting for the title. Po- possibly. So, anyways, yeah, he's going against the up and cupper Sugar Sean O'Malley, who this is his most challenging fight to date. Um, Sean O'Malley, one loss to Marlon Vera. And as oh, oh right, yeah, he um if if Andre Sukamoth had actually been a little bit more savvy, then uh he would have won that fight, but instead uh Sean O'Malley won it on one leg mm-hmm. and then was out for two years because of what that did to his leg. So, but he hasn't really gotten any big name wins. I mean, Terry on where under Sukumas, Jose Quinones, uh, Eddie Wineland, Thomas Almeida. Um, accidentally, I poked Pedro Munoz. This is his his most challenging fight to date. This is gonna say whether he's um uh whether he's ready for the big big uh time or not. Then we've got um Iranian American Benil Dariush going up up against uh Matsaf uh Gemrock and uh Dariush Despite being a veteran, he's kind of gone on a tear lately. Mm. Yeah, he's undefeated since 2018. And he he's and he's beat some big names. Um Ferguson. Oh. Jakar Close, Frank Camacho, Drew Dober, Tiago Moises. So so he's he's been beating some these aren't no namers. All right. And then our, and our opener first fight in over a year. Um, no, the opener is Caitlin Chu Kagan, who is a former yep. uh, title contender versus uh, Menon uh, Fiorot, who is French. All right. So it looks like, yeah, Caitlin is the number one's ranked. So I'd say Menon, if she wins this, has earned the next title shot against uh, Bullet Valentina. Okay. Well, that would be interesting. You know, and those are really the names of note. Okay. And it's I, I could go over everyone else on the fight card, but those are the real names of note. Um, okay. Uh, something else to point out is the fact that um, 
Um, so this is what she said in interviews, but uh, Tatiana Suarez, mm-hmm. who at, before her major, major injury was um, a contender at uh, strawweight, which is 115. She mm-hmm. says she wants to move up to flyweight because she apparently the weight drain was so much that she was going into all of her fights tired. And I'm just like, how in the world were you able to go into all of your fights tired and destroy all of those opponents? Mm. And I'm just like, man, if that's her tired, I can't wait to see her at flyweight where she's like not tired. I'd love to, I'd love to see that fight against bullet Valentina. Mm. All right. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, that's uh, UFC 280. I believe it's going to be during the um, the what's it called? Um, uh, it's gonna um. I believe they're gonna be uh. It's because it's uh. It's they're doing it um, according to Abu Dhabi time. It's gonna be during the um. Uh, afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like actually, I think it starts at eleven. Oh. Um, uh, Pacific time. All right. Well. So yeah, that's the that's the preview of uh, UFC 280. All right. Good to go. Well, Matthew, I mean, what are your what would be your predictions for the title fights? Um. I think Makayev is going. Uh, if I had to place money on it, I'd say I think Makayev is going to take this one. Mm-hmm. Oliveira is pretty tough as nails. He's coming back from some stuff. But, um, well, first of all, he needs to come in on weight, which Makayev, I don't think Makayev has had that issue. Let me double check. So what happens if Oliveira misses weight? Then Makayev is the only one eligible for the tight uh, fight, just like um, in the last oh, fight. So they would have a fight, and if he wins, he's the champion. But if Oliveira wins, then it's just a remains fight. vacant. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me. Yeah. Let me double check. Um, and then, uh, what would be your prediction for? Well. I'll let you check your thing first, and then we'll get your prediction on Sterling versus Dillashaw. Yeah, uh, Makayev has not missed weight. All right. So, Sterling versus Dillashaw, what say you on this? Okay, um, Sterling versus Dillashaw... I'm going to give Sterling the slight edge in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Dillashaw could take it. He's got the grappling pedigree. Sterling has a grappling pedigree. They're both uh, very good on their feet. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm giving Sterling the slight edge, but it wouldn't surprise me if Dillashaw came away with this one. All right. So good to go. Good to go. All right, well, we'll conclude then the UFC 280 preview on this. So um, before we get into our uh, the last couple of topics for the night, um, as uh, you and I both know, uh, there was a legend in the 
Japanese pro wrestling scene who uh, passed away, Antonio Inoki. So, Matthew. So, and um, obviously, uh, founder of uh, All Nippon, you know, what was it? Uh, the. Zen Nippon Protest. Right. And, All Japan. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which in itself, you know, became a... a That's not Zen, Zen... Is that Zen Nippon? Does that translate to new? No, no, it, it would have been Shin Nippon. Shin, yeah, Shin Nippon. I, I, I was getting All Japan and New Japan mixed up. And, of course, you know, we All would Japan, see... All Japan was formed by Giant Baba. Right. So, you know, obviously, one of... So, the... the one of two... Proteges of uh, Riki Dozan, the Godfather you know, of the Japan. Godfather of Japanese pro wrestling. Or the yeah the. And uh, so I I remember when we were in Japan, you know, and uh, when they were doing the the New Year's Eve festivity stuff in, and the Inoki, Inoki Bombaye shows. Yep. Yeah, those Inoki Bombaye shows, you know, always entertaining, to say the least. But Matthew, I think the the one that we always kind of talk about was um, him being a pioneer in the MMA scene with uh, one such Muhammad Ali uh, because of, uh, you know, obviously the fight at the time wasn't very well received because there was no unified rules and, you know, both of them seemed to kind of want to change things, when, but in particular, Ali you know, didn't want, um, you know, to grapple with Inoki. So, you know, it was all about that, uh, um, you know, kept changing the contract, right? Well, at one point they had, like, set rules, but then, um, like, a few, I think it was a few days before, they they secretly changed the rules to the match. And they basically, and I actually found out recently that Ali's camp basically said, if you, to Inoki, if you disclose that, you, you know, there were these recent rule changes, we're pulling out completely. So just to make the match happen, and there's also talks about whether Inoki wanted to do an actual work, or if he wanted to do, which he'd done with the, um, with the, uh, what was referred to as the WWWF Martial Arts Championship, which were worked matches, but had they were work shoot matches, is what they were. Right. It was it was supposed it was being marketed as a as a shoot match. Everyone was well, promoting right. it that way. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Originally, they were gonna go for more of a work, but um, I think. There's, there's supposed, there's conflicting stories. Supposedly, Ali's camp said that it was going to be a, a work from. Uh, I've, some stories say it was going to be a, a work from the uh, from the beginning. Some said it was going to be a shoot from the beginning. Uh, some say that Ali's camp was concerned that he was going to turn into a shoot. Which, to be fair, Inoki and in, you know, again in the fight against um, the great Antonio started shooting when but then again that was you know antonio deciding oh i'm gonna start stiffing him which was not smart because enoki was just like oh you wanna you wanna shoot on me do you at which point he just 
brutalize the guy. But um, yeah, so basically, as a compromise in order to get the match done, they agreed to make it an exhibition of hybrid rules. But right. um, yeah, and I can't remember what the original rule set was, but then it was changed towards the last um, a few days before the fight, which would have restrict which restricted Inoki's grappling ability. So he just results to throwing to what he did in the fight, which was you know um, running drop kicks and kicking from from the back. From his back, so he literally was just trying to smash the living daylights out of Ali's leg. Yeah, and um, I remember reading about how that was one of the, I think, um, that really did a number on Ali. Yeah, he wasn't the same after that. Yeah, that that particular. And um, they actually, I think on the anniversary of that fight, I actually got to... I got to watch a broadcast of it, and you know, if if you look at it, you know, there really wasn't. I I I can see why fans at the time were upset on how they were expecting. Hey, you know, it's like Antonio Inoki, who's the, the grappler, the grappler, you know, of Japan, versus Muhammad Ali, who's like the best of the best, you know, as far as boxing is concerned. And when it kind of turned into kind of a, a, a you know, a not so not so great match, you know, I think people at that time were were not too happy. But it's it's one of those things that you kind of, you know, a perspective. You know, there's a lot of things that you have to look at in perspective of of the match. Well, let's let it, the best way to put at it uh, put it is is this way. It, it's one of those. It's one of those events that developed a cult following, and it's looked at for what it is, which was a progression in terms of the the MMA movement. Yeah, not necessarily the first MMA match, but one that brought some big names, you know, into a field that they would never have crossed. I think the I think Valetudo with like the Gracies was was had happened long before that. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. But it, see. The Gracies only started coming out because of, like, you know, you had the Pride fighting, and then you had the UFC. Um, But, you know, I mean, I'd never heard of the Gracies until, you know, we had Pride happening. Which, you know, I'm very sure that they were big. They're obviously big in Brazil. Yeah, well, the UFC was founded by the Gracies. Right. The original goal of the Gracie of the UFC was to prove that Gracie Jiu Jitsu was um, was the big thing. But parallel to that, you had Shuto start in 1984, which was pure. Um, you know, it was it was. Uh, some people referred. I, I remember I watched the, this one video of it and basically referred to it as um, proto MMA. Mm-hmm. And then Pancreas and um, started the same year as the UFC, and then Ring started shortly after that. So they the 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 interest in mixed rules type uh, fights was already there, and the major ones had already happened. But before that fight between Inoki and um, 
um, Ali, you had um, the parallel Valtudo fights founded by the Gracies going on in um, mm-hmm. in in Brazil. It's, right, it, right. It, it, it was in Brazil. It was very um, localized. But, mm-hmm. oh, you know, something else interesting that I found out that was interesting, the, um, the judo practitioner who um, my, I think it was like Tsuyoshi, uh, like Matsushi Maeda or something like that. Um, part of his, um, part of the way in which he developed the judo that he ended up teaching to the Gracies was um, through uh, some early uh, pro wrestling, the, back when pro wrestling was legitimate, so, um, early pro wrestling matches in um, in the U.S. So that was part of how he developed uh, the type of judo they ended up teaching them. But here's a very uh, a, something else very interesting that I found out. So um, the uh, original freestyle matches in nine, I think it was the nineteen oh. It was like the nine. What was it? Nineteen oh four Olympics or something like that. Um, that original freestyle was a safer version of a certain style of wrestling called catch wrestling. So, as we know, that was the type of wrestling that was being practiced in legitimate pro wrestling at the time. So. Obviously, we know that Japanese MMA owes its origins to, um, you know, uh, pro wrestling, but so does American MMA because it was judo, the type of judo was developed from matches from, uh, from, Pro wrestling, but then on top of that, freestyle wrestling was a result of pro wrestling. And modern pro wrestling is a result of legitimate pro wrestling. So three different sports and um, college wrestling, um, folk style and collegiate style wrestling came about from so basically basically a lot of modern wrestling modern wrestling modern mma and um modern pro wrestling all owe their their origins to legitimate catch pro wrestling it's funny how that all works out so anyway um but yeah enoki was Inoki founded. Yeah, it's funny. So it's interesting. Um, he he converted to Islam in honor uh, to honor, uh, you know, Ali. Ali. And they actually became good friends after that. Oh yeah, yeah, they did. Well, and then on top of that, um, Eno, you know, the Inoki Bombaye song. His his song was originally Ali's song. So he his his um. His entrance song, do, 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 do. that's, um, you know, that's, oh, but it gets, you know, it goes even deeper than that. Cause, so obviously we know that, you know, he developed strong style, um, 
you know, strong style wrestling, which is the 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 um the pro the pro wrestling style that's practiced in in New Japan, which is a little bit more nowadays. It's more of a cross of like the indie um you know style and like the you know the um stiff um, more realistic style of uh, pro wrestling. But um, here's an interesting thing. Um, one of um, Inoki's uh, um, disciples, um, uh, Diki Choshu, you know him, right? Yep. You know what he developed, right? You have to. You have to. Uh... He developed a certain move that I believe he called. It was originally called the Scorpion Lock. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it yeah, yeah, okay. Scorpion Deathlock under Sting and then became known one when used by the hearts as the sharpshooter. So it goes deeper than that. The Montreal screw job <laughs> would have gone very different had it not been for Inoki, who trained Niki Choshu, who developed what is now known as the sharpshooter. There's just the influence of this man when it comes to just so many different levels cannot be over understated or yeah. cannot, cannot be overstated. Yeah, exactly. Like his legacy, his legacy branches into it's like it's his legacy pretty much is Japanese pro wrestling now because all Japan is a shell of what it used to be. It, I mean, it, Japan. No, no. Well, he, well, you know, well, he developed New Japan. All Japan, Diki, um, all Japan, um, Giant Baba's promotion is oh, is yeah. literally a shell of what it used to be. It's yeah. it's it's at one point it was argued that it was the num it was the number one promotion in Japan. Oh, New yeah. Japan is the number one promotion in Japan. Yeah. At what point you could argue that it was the second highest promotion in in the world. Yeah. So it, it's yeah, and then again, as we stated, his legacy extends into extends into the WWE. Yeah, his legacy extends into the WWE, and then his legacy extends into modern MMA. So yeah, his legacy cannot be overstated. Anyway, so yep. So rest in peace, Antonio Inoki. So a salute to uh, a uh, yes fighting legend. So anyway, Matthew, the original king of strong style, the founder, the founder of strong style. Yeah. So uh, let's get into One Piece. So one of the things we saw, well, obviously the Straw Hats have gotten separated as we're getting into chapter 1062. Straw hats are separated after, you know, encountering the, the mechanized shark, who was then taken out by a large robot, and the driver of that large robot revealed herself to be Vegapunk, which then that, you know, kicked off a whole flurry of theory videos and what have you, right? But we're seeing now that uh, things are not what they seem to be because now we're seeing that it's not actually Vegapunk. 
not the original Dr. not the original Vegapunk. So that kind of uh, you know, I I try not to read too deeply into these things because you always know that Oda has got something up his sleeve. Yeah, and he and well, Somehow. oh, the a a coming possible um showdown has been revealed. Yes. Well, let's get into this first before we do that. So, um, this particular Vegapunk, she's called Lilith, which is apparently a personification of Vegapunk's, I guess, evil personality. Because he created these robots to kind of help him out because he does so much. And there's seven of them. I thought there were six. Was it six? I thought there were six. Um... Well, and the question is, are the uh, did like something happen to the original Vegapunk, and this is how he split them, or is he controlling them from somewhere? Right. So that is hard to tell, but the way that it was described, I'm willing to say it's it's um it's the latter. I think that the original Vegapunk probably still exists, but he's right. Um, so, uh, according the six Vegapunk, uh, right? Robots, right? Um, they're called satellites uh, of himself. So the satellites are Lilith, who is you know personification of his of of evil. Shaka is supposed to be, um, I think his. Yeah, so you got Vegapunk. Shaka is the number one, is Punk 1. So a, a throwback to Punk Hazard, obviously. And he's supposed to be a good satellite. So then if you go to, and then Lilith is supposed to be the personification of evil. And then you've you know got... That, you know what that's a throw, uh, a reference to, right? Yeah, the um, Apocrypha in the Bible, right? Uh, yeah, where, yeah, where Lilith was supposedly the first, yeah. um... was Adam's wife. second wife, yeah. No, Adam's first wife. Eve was supposed to be the second wife. Oh. Which I, I really don't... Sometimes reading into certain things that aren't there, it's just like, don't, don't do that. Like, just read... The bu- well, let's 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 yeah. Let's, <laughs> we're, um, we're reading. We're, it's let's yeah, not get yeah, off. We're on reading that. too deep here. Okay, let's Edison. Not get off on that tangent. Edison, which we know who that's named after. Edison is his thinking aspect. So his like know, logical side, right? Right. Kind of bringing in logic. You got Pythagoras, who's the wisdom. Pythagoras, um, you mean? What Pythagoras? Pythagoras, you mean? Yeah. Then you've got Atlas, who's an aspect of violence. And then York is greed. Now, York... Well, yeah, the only thing that the wiki has listed for trivia is the England and then the state and the city. So, nothing much out of that. So... They're kind of going around, and you know they're walking in his his 
they're the, they're the they're the four personifications of his entire personality. Right, right. So obviously they're walking around in his on his island now because that's where they're at. And you know, I think Matthew kind of just you know what are we seeing? You know, as far as when we're walking around, there's a lot of robots, obviously. There's also a lot of uh, um, what's it called? Um, uh, I, I know what was it? Holograms. I holograms. Think. Yeah, a lot of holograms, um, a lot of inventions, and then of course, to the to the to the surprise of Luffy and Chopper and Bonnie, uh, there is a food machine, so they get to eat plenty of food. Yeah. Right. So that's pretty much you know, and then just chilling. Right, you know, they're chilling and they're trying to explain stuff, but then you know, it's it's really funny because Jimbe is pretty much the dad of the. Jimbe is very level-headed. Yeah, he's he's basically the dad of the the um of the the Straw Hat Pirates now, kind of like how Robin is like the mom. Right. Because um. Because they're both, both they're both level-headed. Right. So. Here we go. Um, as you said, we have a potentially big, and I mean big, rematch showdown coming up here because on a ship going to the Egghead Island where Vegapunk is at, we've got CP0. And who do we have? Luchi, Stussy, and Kaku. And they're trying to take back a Seraphim, which is resembling Kuma. So, and, and... But that's not their primary mission. Yeah, their primary mission is to eliminate Vegapunk. Like, I, I'd, re- I'd really like to know what the world government thinks is going to happen. Well, like, they're like, probably... this, like, Vegapunk, Vegapunk is their golden goose. Well, maybe, well, yeah, because they're probably thinking that the Seraphim, which is what they created to replace... The Shibukai. He. Him him specifically. Right. Well, but those other two came up, remember, during the battle between the Blackbeard Pirates and and the Marines and Amazon Lily? Oh, yeah, we know we know the Seraphim. We, it, right. Yeah. I'm saying that the, well, the Pacifistas and the Seraphim are kind of the same thing. The, the, I think we can conclude that the Pacifistas were the prototypes of the right. Seraphim. Right. The, the the seraphim are the culmination of the pacifista program right so i you're probably right the 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 with the development of the seraphim the world government probably thinks that you know now they they got everything under control they don't need vegapunk anymore which is a very foolish thing because you're going to make him an ally of one monkey d luffy yep and becomes the enemy of the en- of my enemy is my friend. Right. Um, and of course, you know, Lucci, you know, even though he's a very cold-blooded killer and stuff, he kind of questions why the world government would want to take out. He, yeah, he, he's, he's logical. He knows this is not a smart decision. Yeah, you know. So, and and of course, you know, obviously, he's bringing up what happened at Lelucia. Which we know, uh, big time Eam with the uh, with the reign of fire. 
Yeah. I guess that's uh, what California forgot. But then, but then Stussy and Kaku are telling him not to ask questions. So that's the part about being a world government uh, agent, right? Um, there's, there's speculation that this is going to be um, a, a Luffy Lucci rematch. Of course. That's why we're we're getting into this that is, now. Um, I, I doubt Lucci has improved enough to be a challenge to the Awakened. Well, it's going to be interesting. So that kind of that kind of makes me wonder, you know, because there's all these. Everybody is always theorizing about who is going to be the last villain that Luffy faces off against. Now, the obvious choice is Blackbeard. But you never can be too sure because... Or, or is it possible his... we're going to see a very weird... Um... Oh, no, he, he wouldn't defect. Oh, Lucci? No. Lucci would not he, defect. He's, he's got... He's, he's, he might have been hunted, but now he's part of CP0. He's not going to defect. Yeah, he, he likes his profession too much to defect. <laughs> but, you know, I'm kind of gonna go and say hey you know there might be the possibility that Lucci could be you know I mean because Luffy's had to fight so many people <laughs> excuse me so many strong opponents obviously Blackbeard is the top tier candidate and then you know some people are saying well maybe he's gonna take on you know um, Sakazuki oh yeah Shanks Sakazuki. I think Sakazuki, the way the way that the story is developing more and more, I mean, you know, if you go back to when we had Marine Ford, yeah, Sakazuki or, or shortly after Marine Ford when, when Fishman Island, you know, finished. I mean, obviously Sakazuki would have been the top choice for, you know, everyone saying, hey, yeah, Luffy's gonna fight him at the end. But I think as as the story continues to be developed, I think I'm seeing that Sakazuki being the final villain is kind of falling off the wayside more and more as, as, you know, I'm reading the story. You think he might be like a final uh, opponent for maybe the... Um, the maybe what, for someone else. Maybe. Like he could be like a final opponent for Dragon. Possibly. But I'm almost wondering if maybe Dragon would be fighting, you know, like, let's say the Gorose. My guess, because uh, here's another thing I'm going to guess, because uh, Blackbeard is probably going to be, is definitely an opponent for Luffy. But with Eam in the picture, Blackbeard may not be the final opponent for Luffy. Blackbeard might be like a final opponent in like their battle. Right. As far as the the young Well, and then on top of that, and then on top of that, we don't know who um uh we don't know who uh or what uh Luffy's ultimate dream is because we know that he wants to be the pirate king, but he also has something else in mind that right. Oda is constantly keeping secret it's kind of it's kind of like with what the one piece actually is yeah he's deliberately keeping it hidden until such a time that we're going to actually see what it is yeah so we we know for a fact that 
um, the one piece is not the end goal. Whatever is going to happen is going to uh, whatever right. Luffy's end goal is is after Cause, he finds the one piece. Because we're probably right. You know, you would have thought at the beginning that finding the one piece was going to end the series. But now that now that all these things are coming in, um, and I think Oda Oda stated this: the discovery of the One Piece is going to trigger a war that goes beyond Marineford. I mean, just think about the fact of the war that they had to fight on um, Wano, because that in, in itself was such an intense fight. And like Marineford, there were casualties. We saw that because, you know, we had some major players who were named got, you know, actually got killed off in the story. So the one the finding of the one piece is is going to be just the beginning of the final arc. You know, there's the you know, the you know, one piece, you know, Shueisha said that, oh, we're in the final we're in the final arc. Yeah. How long is that going to be specifically this final arc? I mean, think about the fact that Wano Wano took place over a five-year period, if I'm not mistaken. In fact, no. Dressrosa and I think the first half of or no, the second half of One Piece uh, started in 2011. And then Punk Hazard happened, I think, in like 2013 or something like that. And and you got to remember that Punk Hazard is the beginning of this, you know, Wano Yonko saga. So this went over an eight to nine year period, this whole fight that happened. Lots, lots to think about, you know, it's just, so uh, one thing also, um, before we close out chapter 1062, is um, just this discovery, because I'll tell you, when, when I read this, I was like, I, I kind of had my jaw dropped for about five, ten seconds. Um, Kuma is Bonnie's father. I thought that was 163. No. It comes up in this chapter. Okay. So Bonnie and and the reason why Bonnie is after Vegapunk is because he turned Kuma into you know the pacifista. So that's why the she's obviously the original pacifist. Original pacifista. So she's uh, she trying to get. She obviously doesn't know that Kuma's been retrieved by the revolutionaries. Right. So what we'll has some kind of autonomy back. Right. So we'll have to see what oh, happens. Picture, he looked very different. Oh yeah, because he was kind of messed up. No 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 the the, the, the picture of him with, with young Bonnie. Hmm. Yeah, seems like things happen. So um if we get into chapter 1063, um you know, Bonnie, Luffy, and Chopper, they're all done eating, and then Atlas has come by to kind of uh, talk with them and stuff. And um, 
you know, I, I kind of hear, you know, I'm not really going to go into details because it, it, it's all kind of developmental. So, you know, they're finding out more and more about what Vegapunk is doing and, and the, the thing with these these robots that are, you know, the personifications uh, of himself. And but then they do have a pacifista who is Kuma, you know, who is supposedly Kuma, but is not Kuma, uh, is going to attack them. And Luffy's going to try and take him out, but then Bonnie stops him because she thinks that that's her father, which we know. Uh, and, and Luffy seems to know that this is not the real Kuma. But because she's traumatized by the fact that, you know, she knows that her dad and, you know, they all look alike. So she's traumatized by the fact that, you know, her dad's not around. So she prevents... Luffy from attacking, and then supposedly there's this explosion, which ends yeah, that the Vista attacks. Right, and that ends that particular part of the the chapter. But we have we now shift to another narrative going on, Matthew. And as it turns out, there's another fight a brewing. Right. Yep. Law versus. Blackbeard. Yeah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, ha, 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 ha. Yep, and uh, so Blackbeard's just, well, obviously Blackbeard, uh, he knows Law, so he's trying to get Law for his uh, devil fruit. And um, they've More got... More importantly, the, the, the poneglyphs. Right. Oh, yeah, he's after the, the, the red poneglyphs that Law has because he knows he's got them uh, because of the fight with Kaido and Big Mom. And let's see here. Um, apparently, uh, I, they, I don't know who developed it, but they have a feminization weapon developed by, oh, it was developed by Doc Q. Um, and he had infected the, the crew, uh, heart uh, pirates. So yeah. They were all starting to turn into women, but um, Law was able to nullify that. With, but, his, uh, with his hockey, right? Right. But I guess this makes sense, though. Doc Q being the, the um, I don't know if you'd call it, he, he's, not a, he's not a quack. What would he be? Kind of an evil doctor. A mad scientist? Mad scientist. Doc Q, yeah. So he's eaten a fruit called the Shiku Shiku no Mi. And according to the wiki, it allows him to craft and spread any kind of disease. So I'm very sure that Queen would have loved to get his hands on that. Well, you know, you know what what that means. Um, what's his name? Um, the uh, um, oh, the sick, sick fruit. <laughs> yeah. Um, the um, you know what that means? He that means he's a natural matchup for Chopper. Uh, a Grand Line review said this. He's a natural matchup for Chopper who wants to cure any disease, every disease. <laughs> Well, I mean, Chopper certainly met his, you know, obviously he didn't lose, but he certainly met his match in Queen, you know, at least as far as the the Wano arc went. Because Chopper had to really put some moves out there to make sure everyone didn't succumb uh, to the to the Oni weapon. Right? Yep. So, anyway, so that's Doc Q. So, yeah, so what we're seeing now is that there, uh, a lot of the, the Blackbeard pirates were starting to find out what their um, 
what their uh, devil fruit powers are. So kind of, I'm almost kind of wondering if Doc Q already had this fruit. Because remember when he was, you know, back when they were at Jaya, and there was a person who ate one of his apples, and the apple exploded. I'm wondering if he maybe inflicted the apple with a sickness. Possible. Yeah. So then you've got uh, Van Alger and and Jesus Burgess are there. Um, And so their devil fruits are also revealed. Um, Jesus Burgess is, this is not surprising, he ate the strong, strong fruit. Or, or Riki, Riki Riki fruit, which it translates to strong um, in Japanese. So I'm not surprised that he he did that. Um, then you've got Van Alger ate the, the warp warp fruit. So he can kind of, it, it, it's, it's, it's the, the, the devil fruit version of Soru, basically. You just don't have to put that much effort into it. Yeah. So anyway, we, so, but we're we're seeing at, at, this is this is it's starting to kind of you know develop that you know all all of them are starting to eat fruits, and then obviously they gave a fruit to Stronger, which is the horse of the very sick horse of Doc Q. I'm almost thinking that's kind of a waste what they gave him because it was a <laughs> a unicorn. No, they gave him a they gave him the horse horse fruit model. Pegasus. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, man. A Pegasus, that's like, that's top tier, and they give it to a... A um, a, a sick horse. So, that confirms that an animal, an animal can eat the same type of fruit. That it is. This is is the first case we're seeing this, where a horse ate a horse-horse fruit. And turned into a different type of horse. I mean, because, you know, we've got, like, the dog-dog fruit, the cat-cat fruit. Um, what other? What other? Oh, we've got the snake-snake fruit. Um, kind of wondering what other ones that there are. Ushimaro bison? Yeah, yeah, you've got the Ushimaro... Yeah, Falcon, that's, jackal. I think the jackal is an, is a uh, inu inu. Oh, and then you got the oh, human, yeah. right? And then you got the uh, the hito hito no mi. Now I forgot was was Luffy is the hito hito model Nika. Yes, he's the model Nika. Like, so what? Uh, what's what's some uh, what's some uh, chopper? Is he a model? Something? Chopper is just is just a hito, standard hito. hito hito, which is interesting. You know, it's it's just uh, just a standard Onimaru. Who is Onimaru? Oh, Onimaru. That's right. Dai o o nudo. The o nudo is okay. Yeah, and then obviously model Nika, which is the 
the sun god thing. Yeah, that that's a mythical zone, right? So, obviously, Law is caught in this big battle with Blackbeard, and now he's on his own because he doesn't have Luffy with him, so it's just his crew against a Yonko and a few of his commanders, or the, the ten, a few of the ten Titanic captains. Yeah, and I hate to say it, um, his crew is... Yeah, they're screwed. He, he, he is... He he's he is unless it's, it's it's not like it's not like Luffy where Luffy has very competent people in his crew. His crew it, it this 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 is not this is not gonna go well. Right. My yeah, well obviously law is not going out without a going down without a fight. But he's so he's that means that law has battle. Right, Law has no intention of, of joining Blackbeard. We know that. So, we'll have to see what happens. Well, Law had no intention of joining anybody. Yeah. His his alliance with Luffy was one of... Was originally... Well, it was originally tended to be very short-lived because Law was going to leave Luffy's crew um, to their what? fate. He was originally once because his 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 original goal was to get Kaido mad at Doflamingo. He had no intention of, of completing the fight with Doflamingo. But things happened. Law got caught up in it, and he ended up having to fight Doflamingo. And then somehow the fight wasn't over, you know, once because now he had a target on his back and couldn't really finish he would not have been able to get far if he had broken off the alliance we know that for a fact so that is where we're at and uh you know just makes the uh makes the blackbeard pirates a bit more menacing don't you think oh yeah that's it's it's um well it's funny because they started out kind of like yeah, but then it's like they slowly. It's like first, first he went to Shibukai, and then went to Yo- and then he went in and he defeated Black uh, Whitebeard. Then he elevated the Yonko, and then it's like now we're actually getting to see how he was able to climb that ladder. Right. Yep, that is correct. So we're gonna see what happens here. All right, so that's going to conclude um, conclude that. Um, I think I'm going to so Matthew, uh, the movie I want to talk about we'll we'll leave for our next episode because uh, obviously it's not coming out until next year. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave that as a surprise for what we're going to talk about. Um, so in the meantime, we'll go ahead and close out this episode again. We covered quite a few things and stuff, and the one piece will be out next week. So. Hoping to get that in there. But, uh, Matthew, so um, where can our viewers find us? 
Okay, for the video podcast, we can be found on YouTube, uh, Rumble, and uh, have we got our Odyssey set up yet? Not yet. Okay, well, we'll, we, well at some point we will. Um, then audio, we're on Acast, App, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, um, Amazon Music, Samsung, and some foreign language podcasts, or podcast platforms and uh matthew you're on twitter yeah we're on twitter also matthew also uh runs mma freak which is a mma uh website and uh so you can find him uh also he's on twitter himself at matthew salzer and then um the mma slowly been um putting out shorts for halloween on my youtube which is also matthew salzer uh and then the mma you can follow mma freak uh at mma freak out and their website is mma-freak.com so matthew as always thank you for your insight on uh, all the things that we're covering and uh to our audience we will be talking to you soon